Welcome to Ridge Ridge Outdoors Podcast. Based out of Southern California, we talk everything from hunting, camping, tips and tactics to help our fellow hunters find success. This podcast is brought to you by Victory Archery, the carbon arrow experts. Alrighty guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode with me and John. We're uh, kicking back as always in his garage, recording podcast, right? Kind of some shitty weather outside and uh, decided to get some of our, our local buddies on. Uh, we got <clears throat> Hanos, the butcher, Oscar, the gadget guy, Joe, the gear guru, and camp cook, and Mr. Google himself, Ahmad. Gus is the last one to round it out, and uh, these guys are called the Muley Assassins. It's super cool. Um, these guys have been hunting together for quite some time, so I want to get these guys on to start introducing themselves. Let's uh, let's get it started. Ahmad, you want to go for it? All right. Welcome, guys. Thanks yeah. for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm Ahmad. Um, I've been... I'm a San Diego native. Um, I got into hunting when I joined the military in the late 90s. I uh, got back here to San Diego in the mid-2000s and uh, really was interested in hunting here in San Diego. Kind of got into it um, by researching some maps. You know, the internet wasn't that big back then. So I'm just driving around, like, looking at places via DF, DFG maps. And I actually met Hano up in the mountains and then eventually Gus, uh, Joey, and the rest of the guys and been hunting with them ever since. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, that's my story as far as something goes. How about you, Gus? So I'm Gus. Uh, I've been hunting since I was about six years old. Started hunting with uh, my dad, just like probably most hunters do. Um, fell in love with it right away. You know, my dad used to drag me around uh, throughout the mountains and ridges and carrying his rifle around. And, you know, uh, he passed away when I was about 12 years old. And I continued hunting, you know, with my uncles because they started dragging me around. And, you know, finally, uh, when I was about 15, I shot my first butt. Uh, it was the best feeling in the world. You know, I never felt adrenaline like that and fell in love with it, you know. Um, time flew by. I got into archery hunting. And uh, I met Joe was the first one I met. Uh, actually, met him through his wife. I, I was working with his wife at the time. And I overheard... Uh, his wife talking to someone about San Diego hunting and uh you know I'm nosy so I was like what hunting somebody else likes hunting and uh we kind of started talking and we became good friends so I've known Joe probably about 15 16 years Uh, and then up in the mountains I ended up meeting Ahmad and uh Hano and then Oscar our other guy uh he's my he's actually my cousin so we've known each other all our life and he was tagging along uh, with my uncles and so on. Uh, but that's my story. And, uh, Joe, what do you got, bud? Yeah, I've been hunting since I was seven years old with my pop. And, uh, hunted in L.A. and moved down to San Diego. Hunted by myself for about four or five years till I met Gus, as he said, through, our, through uh, my wife. Right. And we've been hunting ever since. That's awesome. Yep. Sweet guys, that's uh, Oscar. all right. Yeah, yeah, we got Oscar. We got a couple more, right? Yeah, yeah. Oscar. So got Oscar. Yeah, well, like Gus said, uh, I'm his uh, cousin, or he's my cousin. Um, we uh, we met when he was a baby. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, um, going going hunting with our uh, with our uncles and obviously our dad 
yeah, that was uh, something that was always stuck with me. Uh, unfortunately, I, I didn't get my first kill until I was like 30. Um, but, you know, I've been, uh, I, I've always loved the idea of hunting and, and just never really uh, 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 had the opportunity until I moved back, you know, to San Diego and uh, started hunting with him. And, and, you know, I met Ahmad, I think, uh, in a little parking area. Right. And I'd see him and, you know, we'd say what's up and that was it and eventually we all kind of became friends so um that's about it that's awesome dude i uh i think it's awesome that you guys are are a big group and uh you guys have been staying together for quite some time and and kind of just it's kind of weird how people meet up like that and then have a passion that is is uh like-minded right and then you guys all end up getting together and hunting and that that's actually john was showing me your guys's instagram that that's what your guys's instagram is all about right uh at at Muley Assassins, it's pictures of all of you guys and your your guys' successful hunts or just hunts in general. It's uh, It kind of stuck out to me about your trip last year. You guys want to maybe talk about that? Did, did we get everybody? Yeah, I think we did. Uh, Hano, he's not able to come yeah. in, correct? No, he's here. Yeah, that's correct. Oh, he is here. Oh, he isn't no, he's not on. Oh, he's yeah, not on? He's not on. Oh, okay, so, so we, we are missing Hano. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we are missing. Yes. Okay. Okay, that's cool. We well, I actually heard him. I heard someone beep in. I'm thinking maybe he's on mute right now. Either way, he whatever. might be listening. But oh, that's he's driving. Cool. He got. He, he had some family uh, emergency, so he's probably not going to check in. But that's we can we can continue. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Yeah, we yeah. just want to make sure we didn't forget somebody. Yeah, we so. just want to make sure we get you guys all lined up. But yeah, you know, your guys' Instagram basically. Uh, you know, shows me that you guys are a big group and, and hunt together quite a bit. Or it's, what, five friends yeah. and family that hunt together. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It, it's cool. You guys' yeah. pictures and, and successful hunts, it's great. Yeah, so um, so last year, <clears throat> we went on a, a few different hunts. Um, I know Gus and Hanno and I tried our, uh, our luck at uh, backpack hunting in the Sierras in the D7 tag out here. Right. Um. And then uh, me, uh, Joey, and Hano actually did a uh, mule hunt in Montana. Yeah. And I know that Dust and and uh, Hano went uh, for an archery elk hunt in Colorado. So I guess I'll start with the, uh, the, the backpack hunt. We'll talk about that for a little bit. Um, one of our first backpack trips in, in the Sierra Nevadas, and we've done it in like a couple other places, like just, you know, spike camping out of a base camp. But... Uh, and we committed to like, all right, what we're going to do is we're going to back back into the D7 area and um, and <clears throat> see what we can accomplish during an archery season hunt. What happened, though, is unfortunately I was doing all the planning and my, my dad passed away just before mm. the, uh, the hunt. So I, I didn't get a chance to really do the planning. So we just um, didn't think it was going to ha- The guys thought it's not going to happen. I decided, you know what, the best thing I can do right now is just get away and get in the mountains. Yeah, and um, so we did, <laughs> but but the scouting uh, was really lacking this time around. So right. we chose a, you know, we we didn't have, you know, you need in the Sierras it's kind of different. You need to get um, permits for the trails that you're going to use. So we couldn't launch out of the eastern side of the uh, uh, the Sierras because those permits are all taken by you know the backpackers. Like yeah. Your oh job. wow. So, so there's a limit on permits then. Yeah, yeah. So wow. The okay. Only allow so many people a, a day um, to get started, and it becomes a little crazy. bit of a challenge. Um, just 
even want to just backpack into an area um, from the from the major trailheads. So we we decided to go out from the western uh, side of the Sierras. Um, the permits are a lot easier to get from that side, um, and we backpacked up into the Sierras. What we didn't anticipate is we hit a mosquito bloom. Oh, whoa! And I'm talking about I think. Yeah, we. I lost like like a half gallon of blood. Wow! Yeah, it was terrible. Uh, you know what's really funny is Gus actually had like a like a net over his head. He had like coincidentally in his backpack, yeah. right? And before we started, we were like making fun of him. I almost like strangled him to sleep for, for that net. Oh, the I, bet. Oh, <laughs> I bet. Mosquitoes but suck. Just, Mosquitoes suck bad. It when was you're trying terrible. to go to sleep. Yeah. I mean, we got up high enough, and we were up on a ridge to where, like, at nighttime, they were kind of leaving us alone. Right. But it was just terrible. And, um, yeah, and, but it, it was a cool experience. We saw some does on the way up. Um, didn't really get into the bucks. We realized where we had scouted, we thought we were outrunning the trees. We did a little bit, but the ridge line we needed to be on was another, like, eight miles oh, wow. uh, west of us. We needed to Oof. drop further down and get further up and get over the Sierra Crest line. I think I'm going to try it again next year. Um, it was definitely like a fun experience uh, and beautiful country. The Sierra's are gorgeous, yeah. but just don't hold the deer numbers that you think, at least on the on the D side, because a lot of the deer, I guess, are on the eastern side of the slopes and they drop off onto the X zones when the winter starts. Right, getting. right. Well, a couple of things what you said, a couple of the things that stick out to me is, one, I didn't realize you needed a permit to access the trailheads on the Sierra's. Yeah, I had no that's, idea. That's news yeah, to me. I literally had no that's idea. That's something to think about when you're planning trips out there. Yeah, that's a, that's a good pointer for all the listeners. Yeah. If you guys are planning to hunt any of the Sierras, you know, you might want to check into permit for trailheads, you know? And then, uh, yeah. Two, and, and that's like, and that's for the high Sierras for the wilderness area. Okay. Okay. Wilderness. Trailheads. If you're just, yeah. Okay. If you're just like lower in like some of the, um, national forests, like the Square National Forest, you don't need them. But if you're, if you're going to hit one of the wilderness trails, you're supposed to get a, just trail permit permit. For it. Okay. And then number two was mm-hmm. the fact that out of all the, uh, um, you know, the rockiness in your everyday life leading up to that hunt, you still found joy in that hunt, right? Like you had a bunch of personal stuff go down on you and, and that's super unsor- unfortunate. Yeah. I'm sorry about that, but you know, you were able to find, uh, yeah. find, you know, tranquility in it, you know, getting out and checking out the beautiful you know, landscape. And it's really, it's, it's really, it's, it's very true. Like it's, with, with everything going on, all I wanted to do afterwards was just get away, you know, get up in the mountains and find my place of like, you know, Zen out there. And, right. um, it, it's weird when you're hunting, if you're ever going through stuff, hunting, you think it's like, it's going to get away. You get so much more time to think to yeah. where sometimes it comes more real to you, yep. but it's still where I'd rather be a lot of times to like be out in the mountains and, and just enjoy nature out there instead of, uh, yeah, it, it, around. it's for um, me when it, when I got smoking. when I got stuff going on in my personal life. Like, granted, I haven't dealt with tragedy like that on a, like an immediate family level, right? But I can only imagine. Mm-hmm. But it's like uh, it allows me to think clearly, and I think that that's what a lot of guys take out of it. They may admit it or they may not, but anything going on in their personal life, when you're out in the mountain, you're hunting, and you're by yourself or with you with your buddies, and it's quiet, and you're glassing or whatever you're doing, you really get like really clear thoughts and you're able to come out of it a lot more level-headed yes i i do it yes yeah, yeah, you know absolutely. i get out there and it's just like just you, to add to you, that oh go ahead let's hear so, it so, sorry about that so this it's okay is Gus, but just to add to that uh one of those things uh you know in my perspective at that time 
you know, we were pushing the mod to go out there, uh, you know, so he can have, get that clear mind. And, you know, when you're out there and you're getting your ass kicked, climbing mountains with, you know, I think we were all running right about 45, 50 pound packs and we hiked our ass off, you know, you start, uh, really thinking about, uh, all the things that you take for granted in life, you know, and, and, you know, just, just a nice comfy bed to sleep in or, or water that you can get out of your fridge. You know, we were, we were out there, uh, I mean, roughing it, you know, we're finding, I mean, there, mind you, there's a lot of water, but we all got water pumps and you got to limit how much you carry on your pack, you know, so you got to kind of plan, Hey, you know, we, this is how much water we have and we got to get to the, you know, how far before the next little stream where we can fill up some more, you know, cause, uh, uh, eight, nine miles in, you know, your legs are starting to feel a little, a little wobbly with a heavy pack, especially if you're going uphill the whole time, yep, you know? Yeah. So and it's just, it, it's th- those five times, I think one, uh, it makes you realize all the things you take for granted in life, but, uh, it, it's just one of those things where, man, it just really opens your eyes and you realize how small you are and it just makes things very, ma- makes things very clear. Absolutely. It, it definitely does. It's, uh, it may, like you said, Gus, it puts things into perspective and it's crazy how like on a personal level that like you could leave the house, say you and your old lady got in a argument the night before and you didn't really talk the night before you go out for a day hunt and you come back and it's like, look, the stuff we were fighting about really doesn't matter. No, it's, it's, it's like such a, it, right. I, yeah. they're not real problems. They're not real problems. Right. They're not real. Pro- it's like what I tell people when I take them out sometimes, Brandon's hear me heard me say this it's you get out there you're out there to hunt you can't do anything about any of your problems back at home you're out there just use it turn the world off for a minute unless you absolutely have to leave and go back home but if you're out there make the best of it turn your world off and focus on the hunt yeah it it, right it's crazy you guys you guys you guys mentioned about us being five in a group you know and and usually you don't have a group that big when you go hunting but one of the things that we've endured a lot of tough hunts together and, and had ups and downs. And I think that's how we've created a really close bond with each other, you know, not only uh, between each other, but our freaking wives are like, they, they, we're the Mealy Assassins and our wives call themselves the Hunter's Housewives, which is kind of cool, you know? And that's awesome. So <laughs> it, it, we're like a family, really. Yeah, it's, you know, it's pretty cool. It is. It's crazy how hunting does that. Like I have, I have, Two close hunting buddies. One sitting right across the table from me right now. It's John. And my other buddy, Matt, he lives in Utah. We're Matt is a really close hunting buddy. I've known him forever. I've had some crazy death hikes with him. Like it, It's <laughs> those crazy hunts that always make you bond closer with your buddies, right? And I've packed out I don't know how many deer with John. So the, these types of hunts, they they build that bond, your camaraderie. It's almost like a brotherhood, right? It's it, it's just it's uh, yep. it's crazy what hunting does. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. The only hard part about it is Joe. The only hard part about it is is uh, applying for tags because oh, <laughs> yeah. you got to apply as a party. Like, it's hard. It's so hard. It is. Oh yeah. It is. You Either, guys all you got to be yeah. on the same page, or you can't. Like with John, but I, I'll tell you, if you guys. I'm sure this goes with you guys. If one of you guys have been holding out on tags, going, "Oh, I want to draw this tag," and eventually you draw it, you guys are fi- the odds are the odds are one of you guys or two of you guys are going to go with that individual that drew that tag, right? If John yeah. was oh, putting in yeah, for no, years, yeah. exactly. I mean, I would if yeah. even if I didn't get the tag, I would still go with John or Matt if they got a killer tag, right? That's what it's about. Yep. 
yeah. That X2 yeah. hunt, we went on an X2 hunt, and uh, that took us, what did it take us? Uh, eight, nine points? Whoa. Not yeah. nine, Some of nine us points. had nine points. Some Jesus. of us had eight points. Yep. Dang. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and you guys yeah, we waited you, a long time for that. Yeah, you, and then you guys all went out together? Yep. Yeah, four of us. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, uh, go ahead, take that it was four of us. Um, I think Oscar only had like three or four points. He's like, dude, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to make it. And he had some prior engagements. But, yeah, we drove up there um, for two weeks. We took my trailer. We stayed in my trailer. And we hunted the entire two weeks. And we, uh, I think you see it on our Instagram page. We did pretty good. We were thinking we were going to see 180-inch deer, 190-inch deer everywhere. And, yeah, that wasn't the case. <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, was, I, I think I saw that picture. There's four of you guys standing yeah. right next to each other holding your all four heads. I think it's cool. That's an awesome picture. Yeah. Yeah. Was, we was, actually we had we had driven up there for like uh, a few days before almost like half a week before just to scout and uh we realized it's gonna be a, a lot tougher hunt than you think. That yeah. X two area really depends on like the weather pushing him down from Oregon. Right. And we just didn't get it. Um and we stayed out there like I said for all, all two weeks. I mean we got it done but it's definitely no slam slam right. dunk to hunt out here in California. Now, were you guys were you guys seeing deer every day up there? Oh yeah, uh, no, you know yeah, what? We saw, no, actually, we did. Dude. We saw a lot of does. We saw. Yeah, we did I see a lot of does. About forty fifty deer a day. Yeah, fuck yeah, shooters. We were we see little forties. You wait eight nine years for a tag. You're not shooting a forty or a little two by three or a little three by three. Right, right. That's kind of like you know. I've been waiting. I think I got six points now, and I put in, or I'm going to put in for this year. I'm going to put in for X nine A. Right. I've been trying to draw it for six years, and I haven't been able to draw it. And I'm hoping this year I get it. You know, three years ago, used to draw it with three points. You know, before they dropped that tag quota or whatever. Right. So here I am. After the yeah. year after they dropped the tag quota, now I'm like point creep and everything to try to get this tag. And now I'm hoping with six points, I'm able to get it. And, and, you know, my expectations are, I want to just have a good hunt, right? People are asking me, are you going to hold off? Are you going to hold out? Whatever. And I'm like, listen, I just want to have a good hunt. You know? Yeah, sure. Would I like to shoot a big deer out of it? Absolutely. I would. But the reality is, is I also don't want to come home without, you know, with a, with a tag in my pocket. You know what I mean? Right. I think there's levels to that, you know, somewhat. I know with us, we've been hunting for so long, um, and, you know, we've, we've killed a, a good amount of animals. And when you go out there to the next two hunt and you have that many points and you drew, you know, it took that many points to draw, you know, and that's why you plan. We plan. We all talk and uh, uh, we all try to get the time off. And we, had, we both had, we all had uh, two weeks of vacation you know, to burn out there and we're like, all right, you know, this is a, a lifetime opportunity hunt for us with that many points. We're probably, we're getting to the age where we can't sit there and just try to rack up points. So let's do this. Um, and, and at first when you're out there, you're trying to hold out for something good. Right. Yeah. Um, but a, as that clock is clicking, you know, or the, the clock is ticking, uh, and it gets closer towards the end of the trip, you, you know, you definitely start getting, to that mentality of if it's brown, it's down. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. Standards are dropping. Absolutely. Yep. That that's a. I feel like that's a common occurrence at this table over here. Yep. I uh, had to do that in Utah a couple of years ago. So I was just like, hell, that one's got horns. It's going down. And boom. So. You know, it's just how it kind of works. <laughs> yeah. You know. 
But uh, <clears throat> let's uh, <laughs> let's kind of talk about your guys' out-of-state uh, last year in Montana, I believe what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Who? So what, which one of you guys are all – or which – I guess. Who went to Montana? Uh, last was, year was, um, yeah, me, Ahmad, um, Joey, and, uh, and Hanna. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, it was a pretty, uh, interesting experience. We showed up. It was negative. Joey, what was it? 19 degrees? Negative 19. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. The, the first day was negative 14. And then that got down to windshield about negative 19. Yeah. Yeah. So you're limited. And, uh, very limited. Yeah. yeah, that's that's yeah. cold. That's but, real cold. That's really cold. Yeah. So um, yeah, you get in but car. you know what? The, the 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 challenge actually became when it started warming back up, um, because once it started hitting like the it started getting to twenty thirty degrees, the road started thawing out, and yeah. and Eastern Montana is is a little different than um, anywhere else that I've ever experienced. Their roads are made up of this Montana clay, right? And uh, when they get wet. Yeah, yeah, gumbo, it gets nasty. That's what they call it, right? Oh, like gumbo. It gets nasty, and um, I, it's funny. We were complaining about the cold weather, and when it started warming up, we just couldn't get anywhere anymore. We couldn't get to the BLM land very efficiently. <laughs> yeah. um, Joey's truck just—I don't know—Joey's truck slide right off the road. With <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that was an experience. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it was definitely like a, a, an experience. We we saw a lot of deer the first couple of days. I passed a couple of bigger four by fours just that have to settle for a three by three because of the lack of access. Right. And Montana, Eastern Montana is, is different too. Like we're not hunting like a huge um, national forest land. We're hunting BLM land, but in Montana, you have to play that checkerboard game quite a bit. Ah, yes. Um, Joey's actually very good at that. You know, Onyx is something that Joey found like several years ago. And, uh, Joe, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, uh- well, we do a little pre-scouting and then we set up because in Montana, I don't know if anybody's been out there, um, that you can drive to almost any spot in the area. Like you can drive anywhere. Right. There's roads everywhere. So, but there's like private land and a checkerboard spot and you have to know where to hit it. So you, you find your roads. And I don't want to say we road hunt, right. but when it's negative 19 degrees. Yeah, what are, what are you going to do? It's cold. Yeah, I'm road hunting. Yeah, yeah, it's cold. Turn that heater up. So you drive around and glass. Yeah, turn that heater up, drink your coffee, and, and glass from the car. And that's what we did, honestly, that last trip. A lot of it to well, get thought out. And once it thought out. Me, do you remember uh, me and Hano actually got out and um, got on a big deer? And Hano saw this 4 by 4 that's probably pushing like like close to like one. 70 or something like that. Big deer. Yep. And yep. Hano pulled his trigger and his gun wouldn't go off. Ooh. And we tried everything. And like, I used to be a sniper in the army and he shoots a Remington 700. So I know that gun inside out. And I looked yeah. at it and I'm like, I don't know how you manage this, but you're both frozen. Like your firing pin is frozen inside your Ooh. bullet. It's not releasing forward. Like right. I don't know what to do. Yeah. You had to bring it back into the truck, put it by the heater for like five, 10 minutes. And then it started firing again. Wow. Yeah. What? It's, it, that is insane, that man. Was a, like I've, I've never experienced that before. Um, didn't even know you could possibly do like that's a, like a possibility. Yeah. But it happened. He pulled that the trigger. He got so mad. Um, we never even got that deer. Dang, dude. But, but you yeah. got to think the, the reason why we go during that time is peak rut. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that There's is. There's oh, bucks yeah. everywhere. There's, yeah. Now, tell yeah. me this. Was that was that tag uh, over-the-counter tag or was it a draw tag? It's it, a draw it's tag. It's an over- everything in Montana. Yeah, no, it's a draw tag now. 
Yeah, it's so it's a draw tag. I think everything in Montana has become a draw tag, but okay. then they have yep. like the regular draw, and right. then they have the premium draw. Right, right. Right. Like, um, right. It's the general season draw, and honestly, we used to get those tags when we first started pretty easily, but now you have to like but get preference points, right, Joey? Yeah, you have to get the additional fifty dollars preference point. Right. Just to draw the tag, otherwise you won't draw it. Yeah, I. You know, I'll be completely oh, honest with you guys. I've never even really had any thought of going to Montana you know I, I mean I would for sure in a heartbeat if I had some knowledge or, or when it's time for me to kind of expand out of the states that I hunt now um, I want to I just you know that's why I asked I wasn't sure because I don't even know how Montana works you know the, the closest thing I have on Montana is when I'm on go hunt and I just kind of look around you know and check out the units and that kind of stuff you know Yeah. but that that's awesome yeah. but you guys found success there didn't you yeah yeah that all three of you guys did? Yeah, every year. Yeah, they got. Uh, actually, yeah, yeah, we all did. Yeah, they got nice every gear. Every year we tagged out there since we started going there. Yeah, every year. We've seen, the reason why we keep going back is we've probably seen maybe four or five deer pushing 190 at least. Oh, wow. And, yeah, uh, on some private lands. And when you see deer that look like elk, keeps you going back. Yeah, yeah I bet. I'm, I'm looking at your pictures on your Instagram, and, uh, yeah, these they're in full rut. I mean, look, their necks are so fat. Oh yeah, it's they're oh yeah they're good looking deer. Those are big deer for sure. Good lookers. And, yeah. you, and usually they feed on those uh, alfalfa fields or those clover fields, so they right. get nice and thick. Right yeah. <laughs> now, t- now tell me this: uh, does does Montana have a CWD mandate to test your deer before you bring them home, or or any of that kind of stuff? You know, with the chronic wasting disease. They do now. It started creeping up from Wyoming. I want to say what about two years ago, three years ago, it started creeping up from Wyoming. Right. So the southern part of Montana started. Uh, they started seeing deer that tested positive for it, like in the very southern part of Montana. Right. And it's creeping its way up towards central Montana. So yeah, they, now I think this year they're going to make a test for it. Well, that's, that's well, one, all right. One of the this is Gus. This is Gus here talking about one of the rules that's been since our first trip. I don't know if you guys remember. Uh, has always been once you got, get a deer down, you're not allowed to bring any spine or any brain matter uh, across yeah. uh, the state yeah. line. Oh, yeah. State yeah. Line. yeah, yeah, that that without yeah. a doubt is uh, that's a California law as well. So, I mean, that, I was just talking like, you know, states, you know, mandate regulations and they want to see where this disease is at, you know, certain points or whatever, if it's expanded or not and with the tag, you know, location and whatnot. So, I know like Colorado has testing and it's like, if you're in a CWD area, I think it's mandatory now that you get it tested, you know? And I was just wondering if that was the same thing in Montana. Well, we, we talked to some of the locals around there. Um, and I know, uh, most of the white tails in that area, uh, were wiped out uh, from blue tongue disease. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? Uh, but they didn't, it didn't really, it didn't really hit the mule deer. Right. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, that was That's about four weird. years ago. Yeah. Right. Now are the white yeah, tail their, are the white tail back? Stuff. Yeah, they're yeah, coming back little by little. Um, they have different thoughts of different things. Like they get bad winter kills too. Right. So they had the blue tongue, and then they had a couple years. I want to say four years ago, they had a really bad winter kill. Right. And now, within the last two years, it's been that CWD or whatever. Yeah, isn't it crazy how these herds rebound so crazy? You know, 
They, you have yeah. a bad winter kill. Yeah. They wipe out a ton of deer, and then you know, two years later, they're they're back to normal. Yep. It's yeah. And we've definitely seen uh, whitetail out there. Uh, they're at they're pretty much in the river bottoms mostly. As a matter of fact, uh, three years ago when we were out there, I don't know if Joe, you remember? I'm pretty sure you do because that whitetail we saw running across that river bottom was a fucking monster. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to shoot that. Yeah, he was about 160, 165, easy, easy. All right, that, that's awesome. Yeah, that was yeah. in the breaks, right? Yeah. No, that was no. no. That was in that. Uh, that was in another area. That's crazy. That was that was right near uh, No Tellum Creek. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, now, no, old No Tellum Creek, huh? Yeah. I I got a question for yeah. you guys since yeah. you guys are uh, into into backpack hunting. You know, you guys you guys seem to be going out and and staying out on the land. Have you guys ever thought about backpacking San Diego? Because uh, the more and more I speak to local hunters, the more and more I hear that guys are going out and staying out instead of just making day trips out of it. And that that's what me and John do. We 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 literally go out and stay out. Like we don't just go. I mean, sometimes we'll do day trips if time permitting, you know. But if we got time, we're going out. Yeah. Or if the deer ran yeah. out in front of me, and then it's short trip. Yeah, and then it's a short trip. You know, whatever. <laughs> but that, that's what we'll do. We'll uh, we go out and backpack it. Go to deer camp, or you know, do you guys do that, or have any thought in doing that in San Diego? Uh, you know, I've actually considered doing that out here um, a few times. I just don't know where, like it, it makes sense. Like there aren't very many places I feel like I can't get to within like a day's hike. We used to hike. We still hunt some of like the really rugged lands out here, which is how you get deer sometimes. Yep. Get yep. further away from people, but um, you know, uh, a lot of times it's just so tempting. But like, ah, like a three-hour hike, I'm back to the truck and I can go home. But it does make sense, you know. I'm like, you know, to put that effort in and stay out there. We just haven't committed to that out here yet. You we'll talk about doing well, that. Joe, as like a, like a warm-up. Go well, ahead. Joe, I don't know if you want to talk about. Uh, Cause you guys, you and Hano did that backpack, uh, locally, that, uh, backpack trip. Remember, um, that, what was it like oh, three yeah. years ago? You guys, yeah. So if yeah, you want to yeah, talk about yeah. that a little bit. Yeah. Me and Hano thought about that. Cause with the amount of hunters now, I mean, within the last five years, it seems like it's tripled. And we went to a spot that we normally go to. We hike in, it's maybe what, three miles in. And we hike to a bottom of a valley and it's, kind of bordering state land and they come off the state land and work their way into the uh, national forest land so we hiked down there at night and we were in there and then we got a rainstorm and the rainstorm we were pretty much limited to our tent right and when it started letting up we found uh we, we just hunted from our tent pretty much we just sat there in glass from our tents because we were in a valley right. and it, it worked out pretty good i mean it's, it's a good idea just to get away from the crowds and if you're already in the spot in the morning, people right. are working the deer towards you because they, they we saw flashlights from every corner. They just started coming in the morning and pushing right. the deer towards us. So yep. when the weather finally let up, we uh, we actually saw a pretty nice shooter buck. And I don't know what was the deal with Hano. I don't know if he had water in his scope and he couldn't disclose the deal, but there was a nice two by two, real wide, maybe 24, 25 inch wide two by two. That's what I like to hear. Mass. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you know, typical San Diego deer. Yeah, but a I little think, bit bigger. I think one of one just to chime in a little bit. I think one of the problems that we have run into uh, when you're trying to backpack, you know, a day or two, is uh, the amount of water you can carry with you. Yep. And once you know 
there's not water readily available where you can just go to a stream. Right. I mean, it's pretty dry out here. So, yes. you know, you can't carry four or five gallons of water to get you through. You know what I mean? You're carrying oh, yeah. your gear and you can carry maybe, you know, maybe two, three liters of water on you. And that's about it. And that's not going to last a long time, especially if you're, you're, uh, uh, in some pretty remote, uh, terrain, you know, with some, any kind of elevation, which is, well, kind of what we like to hunt. You are, you are absolutely correct. You are limited in Southern California by the amount of water that you can carry because for us, where we go, we go there all the time, right? So when we go in, we're going to the same spot. So, and we're not going to say that we don't plan for it yeah, yeah. in advance. Yeah, we plan, you know, pre, <laughs> pre-season scouting, you know, all that kind of stuff. So water isn't the issue for us. So that that's what allows us to stay out for two nights at a time or three days or whatever. But, you know, I, I think as hunting becomes more popular and it becomes more like cool and hip, more guys are going to do it. And then it's it's pretty crazy. I've noticed over the last couple of years that um, – backpack hunting is what everybody's getting into so for guys like us it's only going to get more difficult because we're going to see more people out there because they're doing the same thing we're doing so if i were you guys i would definitely start looking into it for sure because it's definitely an avenue to find success well i'll tell you what i'll tell you what i mean you're right a lot more people are getting into it uh not just in the last couple years shit i remember when i can go down uh, get a 22 over the counter i started archery hunting oh, yeah. in the ni- mid 90s with Oof. with one of my buddies trey he got me an archery and uh you know well, i got an archery just because of the fact that i knew it was going to extend my hunting season you know rifle season is only about a month long and i just couldn't get enough so we started archery hunting and that extended it all the way through the end of december you know and uh, there was a lot of learning not a lot of killing at the time but a lot of learning Yep, that's um, how it goes. And, and and now, every every year, you know, it's one of those things where it's either a restricted tag or a, or a premium tag, and you got to try to get it left over. So it, it's been last year. I was able to get a twenty two tag. Um, I think I got it uh, as a leftover. Um, you know, but prior to that, it was hard to get just an a twenty two tag. You know, because there's just so many hunters. Right. You know, yep. and uh, on top of that, I'll tell you what. My biggest buck that I've ever killed was off the side of the dang road. <laughs> was it? So sometimes you don't have to go no, very yep. deep in. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just get lucky and it's like, holy crap, somebody uh, <laughs> blew him out to you and you just well, smoked him. I, I Listen, I will agree with that because right. me, me and John, we have a buddy. And I'm not going to mention any names, but when he hears this, he's going to know exactly that we're talking about him. <laughs> he has a trail camera. I, I shit you guys not, dude, about 10 feet off the road. And he showed me pictures that came off this trail camera, <laughs> and it blew my mind. It, I, granted, they're all night pigs. Dude, I'm telling you. It was insane. Yep. Yep, yep. Yeah. So. It's funny, It's funny, but for, for me personally, uh, some of my smallest bucks have been deep in the deep country, and, some, and the bigger bucks have always been a lot easier, you know? It's, it's just kind of worked out like that for me. Now, do you do you think that's a timing thing? Like you're just in the right spot at the right time and good karma and all that kind of stuff? Or do you think that there's actually something to that? Gus is definitely one of the luckiest. Yeah, I say John's pretty lucky too. You know what? Oh, if, if it wasn't for luck, I wouldn't. You, you know, know what? That's, that's all I got. I, I don't know if I call it luck, but I, I tell you what. I, I'll tell you a story about a little buck that I got I, it was it was a rifle tag D16, and I remember calling all the guys and seeing if they wanted to go out and hunt. And 
nobody was really feeling it. So I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go out. And I ended up going out. And I remember driving up the Highway 8. And the wind must have been like 60, 70 miles an hour. And, dude, right. it was just blowing hard. And I, I mean, I, in my mind, I was like, what am I doing, man? I, I need to turn my car around and go back home. But I, I just stuck with it. I'm like, you know what? You're already get halfway up. Just go. So I get off. Uh, you know, I'm like, dude, I'm not. The chances of me seeing something are not good. You know, but either way, I was like, screw it, let's go. So I started, you know, hiking. I'm probably about a mile and a half in, and I sat down. I started, I started glassing, and the wind's just blowing me around like crazy. And I remember spotting two deer, probably eight, nine hundred yards away, and then they disappeared. And I kind of just watched that area for a while. And didn't see them come out. So I'm like, you know what? I bet anything they bedded in there. So I started, you know, making a game plan. And I started, you know, working my way. I was playing the wind. I dropped down into this creek bottom. Uh, got downwind of them. Worked my way up. And lo and behold, I started walking up the hill a little bit. And boom, I busted them out 25 yards. I remember uh, I could have had a shotgun and shot this buck. But he jumped out. He was maybe 30 yards in front of me. I had my 30 off six with a scope. I kind of followed it down the line, both eyes open. I, I pressed that trigger, and then I remember that deer just dropping right into the space, man, and dropped them. Right. And I was just like, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I could have went home. I, I could have let the wind decide, you know, and, and you know, you know, not tough it out, but I just stuck with it, you know, and I, and I it wasn't a huge buck. But, you know, I had, I had meat in the freezer and I was freaking soaked, you know, it was was a freaking killer plan that ended up working out, you know? And you know what, do you know, the the listeners that hear this, they they need to understand and they actually need to check your guys' page out. Cause when John showed me your guys' page and, and over the past couple weeks, we've been looking at it and whatnot, you guys kill big deer. Okay. You guys kill big deer. But I, I think there's so much to be said by you saying, hey, it wasn't a big deer, but I was so freaking stoked because I got meat in the freezer. And that that's what hunting's all about, right, is bring, being able to be a provider, yep. being able to find success and have a good time in the field. Yep. You're not going to shoot big deer until you, you know, cut your teeth, so to speak, yes. and, you know, practice, practice, practice. And with a little luck, too, you know, I'm not. Well, and this know. is this is what I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, I, I think. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to tell you, this is what I'll tell you, Gus, because this is, this is the truth. Because you've hunted for a long time and you've had the mental fortitude to continue to push through the tough times and you've had hard hunts, so you basically almost talked yourself out of going on that hunt, right? The wind wasn't right, you know, da-da-da-da-da, you almost went home. If you wouldn't have been mentally tough to say, screw it, I'm just going to go, I'm already halfway there, you wouldn't have shot that deer, you see what I'm saying? And a lot of exactly. guys fall into that trap of, oh, there's no deer in San Diego. The country's so rough. It's rugged. And they don't get past the fact that, you know what? The country is rough. It is tough. It's hot. There's no water. The habitat's not always the best in San Diego. And they let that defeat them when, if you just go to the next ridge. And if nothing's there, go to the next ridge. Eventually, you find success. And, that, and you're a prime example it. of it right that's there. That's it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, me and Joe, you know, we were talking about it. And me and Joe, you know, we've been hunting together a long time. And at the beginning, when we first started hunting, there's, you know, two, three years where we wouldn't even see a deer. And we were busting our ass. And we wouldn't even see a deer, yeah. you know. But as we got smarter and we kind of learned 
from, you know, it's one of those things. You win some and you learn some, right? Yep. And we sure learned a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. So we eventually, I mean, there was time, there, it got through a period of time where we were killing, we were filling both tags every year, you know, and I mean, we, it, it, it we had a lot of success, yeah. you know, and it was just that perseverance of just continually, I mean, you got to have the love for it, right? If, 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 yep. if you don't love it, you're not going to be out there when the wind is blowing. You're not going to be out there when it's negative 18 degrees, yeah. you know, and all of those things. You're going to find a reason to not do it, right. you know. But if you love it and you can push through it mentally, that's where you're going to find success. Right. You know, it's funny you say that is when, like, you got to love it, right? A couple of years ago, me and John, we were hunting out of state, and it was so cold that uh, in the middle of the night, I, w- I woke up because John got up, and it was so cold that John had to piss, didn't even leave the tent, dude. Just swung it right out the tent. tent it was curtain, cold. Man, you can see the ice crystals in the just, air. Yeah, and he just pissed right out, the, right out the tent door. And I'm like, dude, what are you do? It's that cold. So you, those are the It things. was cold. Little, well, I'm, I'm not going to get dressed to go take oh, a yeah. piss. I it know, was right? <laughs> That's just a little comedy aspect. But hey, you, you can see the air. I'm not telling about that V7 trip where you had the Gatorade so, bottle in the, in, in the TV bag. Yeah. So we figured out, like in the Sierras, we've hunted the Sierras a few times. Uh, not always backpack hunts. Usually just did like a base camp. And it gets cold up there in the, in the fall time of night. It's like really cold. Um, and we've learned that real quick that you don't want to leave a tent. So a couple of years ago, I had a great idea. I'm like, I'm going to get a Gatorade bottle because it's got a really big mouth. Because yeah. you're going to miss that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, like, we're, we're in this canvas. We're in this canvas tent. In the middle of the night, I have to go to the bathroom. I'm not leaving. I'm not trying to go outside where it's too cold. I'm trying to pee in this Gatorade bottle. And it's so loud. <laughs> like Everybody wakes up. Like, what is that? <laughs> Which gives you like stage fright, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's oh, funny. Man, that's a good stuff right there, man. See, uh, see. It's real. You, you it's guys, real stuff. You guys need a big... You know, Gatorade bottle. I need it. You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Just whip it. <laughs> yeah. Stupid joke. Honestly, yeah, I'll you know, those are the that stories that really, yeah. Those are the stories that I really make, like, hunting, hunting. It's not just about the success. Like, when we get around, we don't always talk about, I oh, remember that big buck you killed. We talk, tell exactly these stories right here. Yeah. And have a great time just laughing at each other. Yeah. You know, and just reliving those moments because that's what builds that camaraderie. It's going through those tough times together. Absolutely, and uh, not just the successes. Yeah, yeah. And you, you, when you're out of state and you're on these trips and even local, you know, you're really relying on each other to be safe. You really are. You know, everybody's got each other's back. Yep. You, you know, if you're going into the field with somebody that you can't trust, you're probably going into the field with somebody that you shouldn't be going in there with, right? So the fact that you guys got yeah, yeah. A, a group of five guys and you're able to hold that group together, that that it's it's amazing. John John has a big hunting party up in Idaho where he's from. His parents and their family friends and all this stuff and it's like a big group. It's always cool to hunt with. You know, I yeah, I haven't really ever had that. It's been going on for like what am I 44 now? So, I can remember my dad going to it ever since I was little. So, I mean, this camp's been going on for like 40 years. Yeah. And and so, you know deep wow. down that everybody in that camp has your back. Right. And, and that's what that's what find, you find a little bit of comfort because everybody gets a little bit of anxiety. I don't care who you are. You may just focus it in another way. But like for me, before I go out of state or, you know, on a bigger trip, I always get a little anxiety. It's, and I don't know what it's necessarily from, but it's like, you know, is my home front OK before I leave? It, it, what happens if something happens out there? And me going out of out of state or on these big hunts with people that I trust puts 
that much more ease into it, right? It allows you to do those things. So it's awesome that you guys got your group together. Well, I think that yeah, that is uh, one of those things where because we have the numbers and we're all very uh, uh, trusting of each other, we know we have each other's back, uh, you don't get as anxious. Uh, if, any, if you get any kind of anxious, it's usually because uh, the Department of Fish and Game is telling you there's a big uh, grizzly bear or a bear around or something like that. Uh, yeah. that, that, you know, that would ruin Brandon's other, other than Other than... What's that? I, that? That would ruin Brandon's hunt if yeah, somebody man. told him there was a grizzly bear out yeah, there. Yeah, I'm not a grizzly fan. <laughs> He's not man. a bear fan at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think any no. of us are bear fans. Yeah, anyway. Uh, talking uh, about bears, uh, if you guys look on the Instagram account, uh, when me and Hanno, we, were, we went two weeks up to Colorado on an archery elk hunt, and we busted our ass up there. Uh, but there was one day where we were just kind of like, dude, I'm so freaking tired. We've been hiking around like crazy. We, we, we got into the animals, but we just didn't have opportunities up, up to that point. Uh, we had, uh, we had called in a, a, a spike elk and the area we were hunting, uh, it was basically, uh, where you couldn't get a spike. So I had a spike at 30 yards from me with my bow at full draw and I couldn't shoot it. You know what oof, I mean? So it's kind of frustrating, but yeah. anyways, uh, we were so tired and we had been busting our ass. We found this big water hole and it had a lot of fresh uh, elk, you know, elk uh, uh, tracks. And so we decided, you know what, let's try something that we haven't tried before. Because we're, we're not afraid to try new shit. You know, whatever it takes yeah. uh, to, to, to get kill something, right? Uh, put meat in the freezer. And yeah. so we decided to sit this water hole. And, I mean, it, it, sit in a water hole. I don't know if anybody, if any of you guys have done it. It's torture to sit in, in a for yeah. a long period of time, it's just sit a water hole and wait for something to come in. Yeah, I mean, yeah. me and Han are sitting there trying to play games and, and I mean, all kinds of shit and still try to be quiet, of course. But we had coyotes come in. We had, uh, uh, you know, we had this. So we're sitting there and we have this bear come in. Oof. And it's a black <laughs> bear. It's not a grizzly. So we, we weren't too scared. Um, but it was this, this water hole, we were maybe 30 yards from it and we had a little bit of brush covering us and this, this bear walks in and I'm freaking looking, I'm all excited because just to see nature, I mean, it's freaking incredible oh, yeah. to see a black bear 30 yards from you, you know, in nature, you know, and it's just crazy. Right. And all of a sudden we see another little head pop out and it's a little cub. Uh-oh. So it kind of, it kind of puts things in perspective because you're like, oh shit. Okay. I, I see this bear. And now I see a cub and bears with cubs is really not good. Right. No. <laughs> so, it's... you know, we get a little nervous, but we're, so I turn my phone on and I just start recording. I mean, that was, I, I know we don't have bear tags, so we can't shoot a, a bear. Plus it's got a cub. I wouldn't shoot it anyway. So I start recording and, and the video is actually on our Instagram. If you guys want to check it out, but yeah, dude, I was it was a, a, a good amount of time just watching this bear and, and you can see the bear. Uh, it sniffs the ground because we had been walking there earlier and it sni- and it, it knows something's up. It knows we're there. It just can't see us. And then all of a sudden you see it uh, uh, speed up and that bear and that cub ended up running probably five yards from where me and Hanno were sitting. Oh, and man. at that time, yeah, we just have our bows. And I usually carry a pistol when I'm out in out of state because in California you can't carry a pistol. Right. That may have changed recently, but I know – for the longest time, you could not carry a pistol if you were archery hunting. So anyways, 
uh, you know, these this bear passes right by us, and I didn't want to carry a gun because I didn't I didn't want extra weight on my pack, and so I have nothing there. Man, I remember me and Hanel jumped up and drew our bows just because we thought it was going to attack us. You know, but it was a it was a freaking cool moment. Yeah, you know? I'm watching the video right now. Yeah, and that that mama bear, she is like sniffing like crazy. That's awesome, yeah. man. Those, those... Oh yeah, she know she knew we were there, man. And we're just sitting there, and you could kind of hear us talking about it. And uh, <laughs> it was it was a very cool experience. And you know that trip. Just to talk a little bit about that trip, we had so much fun. We bond. It was just me and Hano. Uh, you know, we bonded like crazy, and and we we got into the animals. You know, we made a few mistakes. The wind was swirling like crazy. We got busted a few times. Uh, we got him to call back to us, you know, we, we were using our calls and we had had success a couple of years prior, uh, in the, in the same area where Hano killed a nice bull. And you'll see that on our Instagram as well. Uh, but we were in the same area and, uh, you know, I, I ended up calling this bull into within 30 yards and Hano made a great shot, a great 30 yard shot, man, and put this this huge freaking majestic animal down. It was That's freaking awesome. awesome. Dude, it's so crazy. And you know, the... I've said it numerous times on this podcast and I'll say it to you guys because I know I haven't said it to you guys. You guys probably learn more. At least this stands for me. And I'll argue this across the table from anybody. You end up learning more on hunts that aren't successful than you do on hunts that are successful, if that makes sense to you. And I feel like you guys' yeah, Colorado, yeah, that Colorado hunt you guys went on last year, you learned a bunch from it. You really did. And, and it's yeah. crazy how, like, you don't learn what you learned until the next time you're out there, too. That's right. Yeah. It's insane. I think it's Things awesome. Things definitely stick with you. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, and you know, I Gus, I remember texting you when I got back, when me and John got back from hunting elk last year, too. And I was telling you all about my, when I shot that cow and, and how it got away. And it was like, gosh, dang, man, that was such a bummer. But it, just like you had so much fun out on your trip. Dude, we, we love that trip that we went on. It was a hard 10 days. It was the hardest 10-day hunt I'd ever been on, but it was so rewarding in so many different ways. Yeah, it was a good trip. Tiring. I was extremely tiring. It kicks your ass. And it, I, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, Brandon, kudos to you because there's not a lot of people that would get on, you know, on a podcast or, or let people know that, hey, I saw something and I didn't recover it. Right. And, and the, the fact that you put it out there, and you, you know, you explained what happened and you didn't shy away from it. That, that's, uh, you know, in my book, that's what, that's respect, you know, because it happens to everyone, Yeah, you know, if it hasn't happened to you, it may happen to you because it's just, if you hunt long enough, stuff like that may happen. Absolutely. You know? I, I appreciate that. We're man. human. Yeah. I, I definitely appreciate that coming from you guys means a lot. You know, it, it also, it, it's, uh, it's crazy how things work out, you know, and w we're real. On this podcast, man, we're real. We, we're doing this for the average guy, right? And and I'm not doing this for the guys that, you know, kill big deer every year or, or Instagram famous or YouTube famous or Facebook famous, all this stuff, right? That's not what we're doing. We're, we're doing this for the guys that haven't found success yet, right? And you guys are, are yep. like role models or, you know, however individuals want to listen to this podcast and take it. And maybe I'm not saying it right, but people look up to guys like you, you guys are real hunters, right? And you get it done every, every year you guys find a way to get it done. Right. And, and it's not because you guys are hunting private property or you're road hunting every chance you get, you guys get out there and beat brush yep, and you're, you're doing it. You're getting after it. Right. So man, kudos to you guys. Right. 
Well, we appreciate Thank that. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Well, listen. You like- know, one of one of the one of the one of the reasons that you know we started going out of state, uh, you know, because as a hunter, you know, you want to, you know, you have success, but you want more, right? And you want to explore. And you know, Joey, uh, you know, he was really always really good at uh, scouting and uh, looking at technology like Onyx Maps and Google Maps and Google Earth and all those things to try to find different places to hunt. And we happen to uh, uh, choose Montana. And, and, you know, it's, it's when we first started going out of state, we didn't know what to expect, you know, but all the, all the pre-scouting and all those things that we did. And once you're out there, I mean, we didn't, I'll tell you what, we were up, we went up there for about 10, 11 days, our first trip, I believe. And we had a plan. It was plan A, this is what we're going to do. Plan B, this is what we're going to do. And then plan, this is plan C. Well, our plan A didn't work out somehow or another. We found the BLM land, and we ended up in elk country. It was just a lot of pine. It was a lot of, you know, what we thought we saw on Google Maps is not really what was there. So we ended up spending a couple of days there, and we saw elk like you wouldn't believe, but we didn't have elk tags, which ended up moving us to Plan B. And Plan B, man, I got to say, we, we hit a honey hole, and that's where we've been going uh, for the last few years because uh, Plan B ended up, working out a lot better than plan a would you agree joe yeah well definitely i mean we haven't gotten successful in kill deer every year because we're just lucky and we yeah you've <laughs> we worked put for in it. a lot of work yeah you guys put in yeah, the work we like i said the first i think three four years i didn't even see a deer i'm like man i, I don't even believe in deer anymore i haven't seen one right <laughs> and we <laughs> we archery hunt we rifle hunt but um you just got to put the work in. I, I, it was with any, like anything else. You got to put the work and the homework in. Absolutely. You and know, I think, part, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Go for it, man. No, I just think part of our success, I think, or, or being able to harvest deer every year is we don't stop at what, we don't have like a particular method. We, we adapt. If we're not seeing deer one spot, we'll try something else. We're not afraid to change up our plans. Absolutely. Well, it's been pretty good for us. It's worked out. That, that right there is the common denominator. Uh, pretty much I, I've come to the conclusion is that you you got to have a plan. You can't give up. If plan, if plan A doesn't work out, go to plan B. Plan B, go to plan C, right? Always try to figure something else yep. out. And uh, that, that's typically how dudes are finding success. You know, I mean, you guys are, are spitting images of that. You, you just explained a scenario that, you know, plan A didn't work out. Plan B did. And you guys continue to go back. So that that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, another thing, too, I, I wish Hannah was on the podcast. Um, positive attitude goes a long way. There's there's a lot of times. Like, I get negative sometimes. I'm like, man, this isn't going to happen. And that guy is super positive. He's like, no, no don't worry. They're going to be right over the hill over here. You know, he always has that positive. Yeah. Like, Hannah, like, the way he thinks is, like, every time I step out, I'm going to kill a big buck. You know, and... 90% of the time it's not true like it, it, that's not how it's working out but he keeps up with that attitude and then it does happen eventually well a lot of us will let those 90% of the time that that those failures dictate the way we, we start acting and thinking and I've learned a lot from the guys to just keep positive and keep trying because all you need is one chance one opportunity and you can get it done um, that's what hunting's about but I see a lot of guys they'll come out and I see it out here in our local woods all the time they'll be like oh man 
especially guys that used to hunt back in the days. It's actually not so much newer guys because they're like they have that eye of the tiger and they're hungry sometimes. But you'll see guys that've been hunting here for a long time. The deer numbers are down, and the hunting numbers are up. And they give up quickly. I'll see them up here for like a week, and then they're like, "Man, there's so many cars in, these, uh, in the parking lots, and the deer just aren't out there." And, and they'll give up quickly too. And oh, yeah. um, the attitude goes a long way, I think. You know, it's you, you have to keep trying. You have to keep figuring out what's different this year than than last year. Why are the deer not here currently? Is it pressure? Is it something changing the vegetation? And just keep keep going for it and then have that positive attitude so it does happen. You know, when you do encounter, you are ready and it does happen. Funny story about that is um, Hano actually shot probably the biggest deer out of us here in San Diego. He's got this big 4 by 3 that's probably pushing like, what, 140 or something like that, guys, right? Yep. And yep. The, yep. the story yep. was that uh, he was supposed to be up hunting with me and Joey early in the morning. This is about 10, 12 years ago. And we call him, and he's not answering his phone. So Joey and I are like, well, we got to go, right? So we go up hunting and texting Hano, and he overslept. What happened is he overslept. <laughs> so like that around is. 9 o'clock, he wakes up, and he texts me. He's like, hey, sorry, guys. I totally overslept. I don't know what to do. And we're like, all right, we're already up here. We're up on the mountain. He's like, I'm going to come too, right? And we're like, you're going to come at 9 o'clock? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to come at 9 o'clock, and I'm just going to climb up this steep, rugged mountain. And we're like, it's like 100 degrees already, right? And we're like, yeah. okay, we'll have fun just go getting the workout in, right? <laughs> and he climbed up this damn mountain at 9 o'clock, 100-degree weather in, like, October out here, right? Yeah. And he shoots this giant deer. I love um, it. I think we got a picture on it, like, on our earlier Instagram. Like I said, this is back, like, in 08 or... Yeah, I, I just looked oh, at it just oh, now. Nine. Yeah, it's it's a nice deer, and you can just tell it's hot out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, <laughs> it looks yeah, hot. Yeah, we have to get that deer down yeah. real quick. Um, but, yeah, like, his, his attitude was like, you know what, just like with Gus, too. He's like, I'm still going to go. I don't care if it's late. Well, most of us, what, like, an hour after sunrise, we're, like, uh, ready to hang it up, right? Right. So the attitude goes a long way, too. It Having does. Positive. Be- being positive goes a long way. Because well, that's, that's one of those things. When you have numbers like we do, there's five of us, not everyone's always, you know, in a great mood or whatnot, but we all push each other. You know, we all push each other to do better. I know <laughs> I know the guys usually in the morning, they don't like me very much because uh, I'm the first guy up telling everybody to get their ass up and trying to, to get them moving, you know what I mean? Yeah. And <laughs> Joey will be a, 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 you know, a witness to that, you know, because we, we've had some good ones in the morning, right, Joe? <laughs> oh, yeah. Usually, I'm, <laughs> usually I'm hung over. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Oh, Just kidding. Yeah. No, 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 not me. But no, we yeah, Gus, he'll wake us up in the morning and, and get us out of bed and start mm-hmm. making breakfast real quick. And he's that guy. And Cap, you have to have that guy, and he's definitely that guy. Right on, man. Well, listen, guys, uh, I got a question for you, real quick. What uh, what do you guys got planned on for this year? Like, what do you guys got coming up this season? Yeah, so this season is like really strange. Obviously, with everything going on in the world right now, yeah. it's, uh, it's been really strange. Um, the guys all decided to put in for a Montana tag. I, I couldn't do the Montana tag. I just bought a house, so the tag came up around the same time. So, But I think we're all, the rest of the guys are all going to Montana. Um, if, if, if that's even a thing this year, you know, a lot right. of states are closing 
hunting seasons already, or like at least the ones that are coming up right right away. Right, the spring but, season. Uh, definitely like planning Montana. Definitely planning some local hunts. I might try another backpack hunt into the Sierras, and then I think we're going to try. Technically, it's next year, but we're going to try Arizona archery hunting this year for some mule deer in January. In January. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's yeah. that's one of my favorite things to but do. But this, like I said, this year it's just so different. It's hard to really want to make plans because you don't know if you can fly or if you can travel. It's right. Just, just well, a really strange year. I mean, just like when you're hunting, stay positive. We'll get through this together. Right. And, and whatever, yeah, right. you know, wherever your, your beliefs are with the whole COVID-19, um, the fact of the matter is that people are dying of it. Right. And, uh, we got to be careful about it. Yeah. It's one of those things where we, we should be our brother's keeper and, and do our part to make sure that this goes away sooner rather than later. But that being said, I, I, I'm also on the fence of what's going to happen. I've already applied for Utah. So outside of that, um, I'm hoping Arizona still works out, and I don't know what's going to happen with Idaho, if that's something that's in the cards for me yet or not, but yep. we'll go from there. Obvi- I do know that I'm putting in for X9A, and I'm going to hunt a local tag, right? It's probably going to be an AO tag. John, what do you, <laughs> you, you, um, you... Yeah, we'll definitely be, we'll be yeah. definitely out there with the local tag. Yeah. The have, open. Um, and, I'll get my two tags. i got my Arizona tag. Uh, depends on what Idaho does. If, if, if they get everything back up and running – you know the the fall tag should be, uh, should be able to purchase them. So because I plan on going to Idaho and Arizona, I already have Arizona's tag. Right. So I'm good there till the 31st of December, and then two Californias. Yeah, the end of the year. Yeah. Um, whatever. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. We, we just, I don't know. Maybe I'll have more extra monies and I can go somewhere yeah, else. So. Yeah. It, it's just a financial thing too. You know. I mean, who knows where we're gonna be? To be honest with you guys, in five months, I don't know. Right, I mean, it's going to be one of those yeah. things. So, yep. it's and that, all. that's kind of that's kind of how how we planned our Montana trip this year. You know, it was a little bit last minute, uh, but we all decided that hey, you know what, uh, might as well apply. And if the season goes through, then we got our tag. If it doesn't, I'm sure they'll give us refunds for applying or whatnot. You know, um, and we're we're hoping for the best. You know, as of right now, we're planning on going. You know, just like any other year. You know, and hopefully this whole thing blows over quick and uh you know and and what is it five six months we're gonna be out there uh with our packs on trying to find some mule deer yeah getting after it well listen guys we we appreciate it man thanks guys for coming on and and telling your story and and doing your thing and man it it was a great podcast we we really do appreciate it thank you guys man so we appreciate you guys uh having us on and and, you know, uh, it's very, very fortunate, you know, to, to be able to come on and tell our story. So thank you guys yeah, for man. the opportunity. You guys have got anything else you want to add real quick before we uh, you guys start? Want to plug your Instagram or anything? Yeah, go, kind of ahead and pl- go ahead and plug your stuff. Mod, uh, uh, mod, <laughs> uh, newly assassins, um, one word. Um, yeah, and then you can find each one of us on the newly assassins. Yeah, I won't plug those, but yeah, like okay. I said, it's four five of us um and you can you know look at the different pictures and follow us too i think a couple of us are, are private but yeah melee assassins is our, our page for the group and um we haven't been keeping up with it as much lately but i promise i'll start posting some uh some pictures especially now that we're all like indoors right like there's nothing to do yeah but look at photos from where you rather be right yeah so um we'll put some photos up from, from last season and uh yeah thank you guys 
And just, just, to, just to add to that, you know, if you guys have any questions for us, you guys feel free to hit us up, uh, you know, with a DM or uh, something like that. We'll, 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 if we can help, you know, we're, we'll be happy to help you guys in, in any questions you guys have as well. Well, you guys heard it for yourselves, for the listeners. The Muley Assassins are willing to help you out. It's a great avenue to learn a little bit and uh, get some tips and tactics from these guys. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate it, and thanks for supporting us. Thank you. All right, thank you. Take care, guys.